Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. We've just released our Mission Impossible 2 episode of Cinema Swill, a monthly exclusive bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies, and next month we'll be completing the Cinema Swill Star Wars saga by reviewing episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every episode of Cinema Swill. There's more than 40 hours of content up there right now at the moment. Plus, you get the warm glow of knowing you're supporting the show. To find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Give them the Oscar. Now give them a whole crate bracket of Oscars. It's episode number 78. Dancing through the Zoom call that is an award ceremony. Shaking all the virtual hands and pressing the mute button when we deem it necessary. On all the great movies that my OTP, Sam Chapin, hi I'm Kevin, is never seen before. Hello Sam. Hello, I'd like to thank the Academy and indeed my agent and all the, all the other nominees were great as well. I'm so surprised to be here. I just, I love uh, Hollywood. I love movies. I love acting and it's such a pleasure to be here among so many other oh, 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 oh. oh no they're playing the footy chant to get them <laughs> off <laughs> hello Sam fittingly mm. after that opening meticulously crafted as it was today is a comedy special well, we're comedy connoisseurs we're, we're comedy writers ourselves that was obviously pre-written material that we were getting out uh, up top you know a, a, a clean opener to get everyone on board well Kevin, comedy hasn't traditionally fared well with me on Cinema Swell. No, uh, as explained to Joe earlier, when she found out what movie we were watching, the movie du jour, mm. which happens to be Airplane. Not seen one of those in a while, am I right, guys? There's an exclamation mark at the end, mate. Do it proper. Sorry, sorry. My eyebrows were raised. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. Ridiculous. The facial exclamation mark. And I did bring up how comedy typically is not fared very well here. And I dared my opinion to offer, which was that your contrarian nature, which I know, <laughs> only really comes out on this podcast right. when comedy is on the docket. What say you, sir? Sure. My contrarian nature is a known quantity. We know me to be a classic <laughs> contrarian. I'm always playing devil's avocado. I'm always putting the other side out there. You know, rightly or wrongly, I just want to put <laughs> But um, I don't know what's happened. I don't know whether it's the type... I mean, there's been some funny movies that I've enjoyed. I liked the Bill and Ted. They were comedies. They were comedies. That's true. But the difference is, though, those were, like, light-hearted in nature, yeah. weren't they? When it's a comedy that's, like, something that the dads would be talking about when they're barbecuing, you know? Have you seen Blues Brothers? <coughs> yes, when it's that. <coughs> Yeah, I, I, it's a great movie, you know, and that was me trying to explain it to you. Failed as I did, and I've never went into an episode more convinced in advance of my failure than Airplane, which I, for some reason, think that you'll hate, even though I know you'll love. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, past performance is not an indicator of future 
performance. So th- no, this, that's true. You know, we don't know going into this whether I'm how I'm going to feel about it. It does make me nervous reviewing comedies on Cinemas World generally because I am worried that what I'll be, you know, wanting to come back to you with is just a list of jokes that I found funny in the film. And I don't know whether that's entertaining for anyone and I'm quite scared. Well, you know, from my experience of stand-up comedy, I'm not sure if yours extends mm. this as well, but jokes more so the recitation of known facts are almost as good, I found, really, with an audience, you know? Just get up there and list a load of things that they already know and ascribe to, you yeah. know? Now, we had this up against some other big-name comedies, didn't we? Yeah, I'd say a stiff competition, but these were all a bunch of flaccid flops because they all <laughs> absolutely bungled their votes. Fucking ridiculous. Animal House with a pathetic share of the vote. Caddy Shack, what? You bungled it, mate. It's been bungled. Oh, oh, where was this shame about Caddyshack when all of ye, yes, you slightly older men, forcing me to watch Caddyshack all throughout my fucking childhood and all throughout my teen years and all throughout my early adulthood because apparently I didn't get it. Well, now we're never going to do it, are we? Because you're all too ashamed of it, aren't you? <laughs> it could just be the overwhelming love for Airplane which absolutely romped home landslide kaboom <laughs> you meant to say it was the overwhelming hatred and <laughs> distrust of Chevy Chase <laughs> which uh, which I believe my words to you when I said that I wanted a separate Chevy Chase vote later on which was I want to bury that old bastard before he dies you know because I don't want to have to dig him up to bury him again now do I get my hands all dirty like come on <laughs> <laughs> we won't I, as far as i'm aware we won't be touching chevy today nor will any of our fans with a 10-foot barge <laughs> pole, it seems like you know <laughs> don't vote for that i've never seen people actively discourage one another from voting for certain like there's always people don't like oh it. yeah can't no don't do this though mate <laughs> is it because you know in your heart that it's shit is that it well, look, we're not going to have to worry about Chevy for a while. You can rest easy. He, he ain't coming in here, I hope. I hope he doesn't cameo. It might have been, it was the right time for him to show up. Well, mate, if him and his rowdy mate Bill Murray show up at the same time, there'd be nothing left. There'd be nothing left. There'd be two charred out spots and microphones in front of them where we once were. Because we'd been eaten alive and burnt asunder. And just a whispered, no one will ever believe you. And then, I, then off you go. <laughs> but it's Airplane. Now... I do know a couple of things about Airplane. I was confident that you would, yeah. Mm. I know Shirley, Shirley, Shirley. The English accent <laughs> least suited to comedy in the world, uh, you know. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. Which, again, you know, works better in an American accent. I know that joke. That's an iconic joke. That's a big yeah, joke. Yeah, but in, in fairness, you think that it doesn't work. You go up to a bar and you order a Shirley Temple. They'll laugh and laugh and laugh like you've never heard before. It's a great gag. And I know that it's got Leslie Nielsen in it. Hey, hey Leslie Nielsen. That's the name, right? You've you got to be watching. You've, you've seen some. I swore I showed you Police Squad back in the day. I feel like you did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, it, that was gag heavy. That was like mm. joke, 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 which I loved. I really enjoyed that. Leslie Nielsen, I often get mixed up in my head with Steve Martin in terms of sort of white-haired comedian white White-haired men. comedians, yeah. One is actively a lot funnier than the other, though, so, yes, you know. Yes, but one has a masterclass on how to be funny on the website Masterclass, so... You know. And the other one has a master class on how to play a banjo on <laughs> <the master class. laughs>
Now, now Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yes. Have you seen him in movies? Have you seen The Naked Gun? Like, is that some? Was that no. part of your childhood? It wasn't part of your childhood. No. For me. I think this is probably was the most effective link between 70s, 80s comedy and like the you know, being a 90s yeah. kid or whatever because The Naked Gun was like absolutely, that was the thing that we were sat in front of from ages six upwards. The Naked Gun was on rotation with various earnest movies at every child's house I, I happened to find myself in when I was still in short pants. So when I saw Police Squad later on, mm. I was like, oh my God, it's like that concentrated down to an intense fucking Jew. But the man himself, Leslie Nielsen, he's the special sauce that I think makes this whole shimoli work. You know that he's a white-haired comedy man. What else do you know about the man in question? Not that much. I saw him in Police Squad with you when I watched that. I don't believe he's still with us. Nope. Although, mm. that being said, he's someone who made his career, like he became kind of a big deal much, 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 later much, much, life. much later on in life. Ah. Like he had had a whole like semi-successful but not really a big star career before he arrived on the lofty shores of comedy. <laughs> I do like those lists of celebrities who only became big successful celebrities later on in life. It reassures me as I get into my third. You know, you, you see like a little Facebook post go around occasionally. Yeah, it's like, well, and like particularly as a man as well because they mostly seem to be men on those lists. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> as, as a man, I'll be able to be old and still listen to for some reason. <laughs> yes. Not you, 40-something woman. Put your things in a trash bag. He was working as a carpenter before. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about him. I really don't. Is he Pink Panther Man? No. No. Who's that? No. Well, in the remake, it was Steve Martin once again. Oh, okay. That's my I have a funny feeling will be a recurring character on tonight's episode of Cinema Swirl at gmail.com. That's Cinema Swirl at gmail.com. What kind of an actor is he going to be in this comedy? Is he going to be like a... Is he going to be kind of a bit of a wacky, bit of a clown, straight-laced, Graham Chapman of the group? What is the comedy style? What can you expect... From Airplane, if we're watching a movie, you know, classic comedy, don't yeah. know if the Zucker Bros ring a bell for you, I'm assuming, perhaps not. Zucker Bros? Not the lads who made this? Zucker sure Bros? Name doesn't ring a bell. Unless we're talking about those Facebook execs who are a bunch of Zucker Bros. No, those are just people who are closely aligned to Mark Zuckerberg, his Zucker, they call him his Zucker Bros. <laughs> okay, we had a little bit of a Google there, hmm. and... Turns out, yes, Zuckers are involved in this, but I don't think that Sam knows. And after the break, when we come back from the movie, I will reveal to Sam what he almost definitely knows them from. Oh, okay. So there must, there must be something that I know. That, okay, okay, sure. The results may shock and horrify you, but uh, we, will, we will get to that in, in a moment. Have I encountered them on this podcast? Not on this podcast. No. Okay, but I have definitely... You may have encountered them in your boyhood. Mm, okay. Uh, but no, I don't know much about Nielsen. Don't know anyone else who's in this. You know Nielsen? You know Shirley? Yeah. What's happening in this movie? Airplane! What is it, what's it about, Sam? You're asking what type of actor, what type of performance Leslie Nielsen's going to give in this. Now I'm trying to mm-hmm. work backwards from that joke to kind of figure out what his character uh... is. Because he's... I don't think he's willfully misunderstanding that whole surely Shirley thing I think he is perhaps in this a kind of lovable dope a kind of fool a silly man <laughs> like Shakespeare's fool yes. yes I see Shakespeare's fool so I think he's not the straight man but a kind of I don't know 
kind of like a, he's like perpendicular to the comedy though is what you're saying the, the comedy is happening to him and he's reacting to the comedy i think i okay. think all right i don't yeah, think he's yeah. gonna be coming out with like you know confident witty one-liners here and there but he will be saying things in response to other stuff that ends up being accidentally in the fiction funny okay but we're in like I think 1980 or late... It is 1980, I think, the movie officially is. I it's think not, so. It's either 79 or 80. I consider it a late 70s thing in, in my rotting brain. Mm. But I don't know like how to describe it. But like, are you expecting like kind of childish humour? Are you expecting like sight gags, dick and fart jokes, gross-out comedy? Are you expecting kind of entertainment like the Blues Brothers gave us where hey yeah we had our straight up silly sometimes very absurd surreal gags but it was rooted in a good old fashioned razzmatazz hey big song show and dance at the end of the day I'm feeling props I'm feeling feeling puns okay I'm feeling wordplay I'm feeling tightly written I'm talking written stuff none of this improvised loose stuff none of this Apatow nonsense that we've got now you're expecting all of your worst excesses to come in this (laughs) is what you're telling me (laughs) I want that neat that tight writing you know, those j- gag, 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 joke, joke, joke. I'm expecting this film to be a list of jokes. I'm expecting it to be... And then be- someone bursts in and goes, during that scene, there was another joke. Yeah. What? Rewind the damn tape. And oh, then- sight gags in the background while there's yeah. like regular gags in the foreground. Uh, you pan over this way, more gags. It's just gags, wall-to-wall gags. The plane's full of gags. I am very excited to see what you relate this to. It's one of the absolute joys of doing this podcast always is you're kind of like, you seem to know the tropes and the styles, but you've not seen any of like <laughs> the, the fucking predecessors or the, the, the progenitors of this. Yes. So when we come back, mm. or when you're watching the movie, I should say, try and tell me the types of comedy the shows or the movies or whatever it is that it reminds you of. Because okay. it's obviously... A very influential movie. And yes. I don't think I've seen it in many, many moons. But I think uh, the three that were on offer, it's the one I'm most confident in that you and I will both have a good time today. Okay. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I don't, yeah. Again, plot, no idea. I'm guessing the plot is in service of some jokes. They go on an airplane, the summit goes wrong. You know, there's some calamity. You know, the, like the plane's underwater or something like that. You can't <laughs> sail this. It's a blooming plane. God almighty, guys. What would pass for comedy in 1980 <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. Well, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It could just be smooth sailing. They go on a flight. It's funny. They land. End of movie. <laughs> Credits roll. Interesting. Interesting. It's been so long since I've been on a plane that I'll just have to take most of the movie's word for it. Like, you oh, know, yeah. I'm assuming. You Nostalgia know. trip. Yeah. Yeah, Much like God, Mission Impossible was, like... was when we saw Tom Cruise on a plane. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember turning to people <laughs> on a plane? Right, well, mm. now that we've discussed the movie du jour and the meat of the matter regards to yes. your previous knowledge, why don't we head on down to the baggage carousel and see if there's any unclaimed bags full of mail that we can claim as our own? Uh, it's got the little tassel tied round the thing. That is mine. Yes, uh, no, th- yeah, that's the one. That's the one. no with the orange what? thing because no one else would think to do that. S- someone else has a navy Samsonite case. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! I'm never. I'm just. I just live here now. Is that is? I live in the fucking airport. <laughs> Scenes from a real life holiday. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my bag. 
It's full of mail. Let's open the mailbag. I packed it myself full of mail from the listeners who have sent it in to cinemaswell.gmail.com. <laughs> and just one last point on that. There's never an argument that de-escalates as quickly as someone who confronts you wrongly thinking you've took their bag oh, at an airport carousel. Yeah, yeah. And I've been in two. And both times it's went from bright red to fucking pasty pale <laughs> within five fucking seconds. It's amazing. Uh, no, no, that it. Never mind. Sorry. 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 I'll... The thing is, right, before you ever call over and get manager in a restaurant, you're all angry, ready to go, and then it turns out actually you've made a mistake. And they're like, you know what? This is a great meal. My compliments <laughs> to the chef. But you've got no recourse in the baggage reclaimment hall. Thankfully, we've successfully recovered our mailbag from the carousel full of mail that's been sent in to cinemaswell at gmail.com. And... Rest assured, even though all of your mail is legitimately priceless, I have valued it under £10,000 sterling, so we don't have to declare it. Yes. So our first message comes in... Practically worthless. <laughs> in, a, in a strict monetary sense, yes. like... Yes. Come on now. Our first message comes in from Adam, who writes, Hey guys, had a nice surprise catching up on the series Man Down. When who should I see but your man Kevin? Thus, the question was inspired. If you could take any of them movies that you've done an episode on and reimagine it into a series featuring some of the UK or Ireland's finest comedians, which movie would you choose to turn into a series with those comedians? And more importantly, who would you place in those starring roles? Well, I mean, it's got to be, you know... Greg, Mike, Roisin, the whole the whole gang, you, you know, mates, uh, yeah. Yeah, me, I get it. Mark. Oh, sorry, that's Mark Hamill. He was the other <laughs> guest star on that particular episode. And, you know, I just, the vibe was so good, man. Whatever, you sure, know, hell. Put him in anything. You know, yeah. I'd say Mission Impossible, but we were all very confident about what we were doing that day because we knew that we'd struck gold, you know. The new segment, Kevin Mann's IMDb credits. Which <laughs> <laughs> My favourite story about that day was that Mike Wozniak was an absolute... He was a treasure. Oh, that's so good to hear. And he was nice. He was very nice. And the only thing funny about that was how supporting and lovely everyone was, really. Sounds like a really Uh, good good time that you had there. So, uh, Back to the Future 2. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the cast of season three, episode six of Man <laughs> Down. And you know what? If you're like, what is it? Just go and check it out on Netflix or all four or ideally both because I do get a very, <laughs> very small residual check every year. Just leave it running. And Just leave it running on both of leave those. Leave it running. Loop. And, and what, it, what it is, is right, every year I forget I forget to cash in that check. Yeah. And what they say is, if your royalty is below this amount, please don't, don't invoice for it because it's too little. Mm. And that happens two years in a row and now it's been four years and now I'm like oh look at this big royalty check I've got which is in fact just four very right. small royalty checks that have accumulated that have a minimum criteria <laughs> where I can turn to the production company and ask for my goddamn check now I've not been in any of them sitcoms I'm, I'm sorry to say <laughs> have I been in the audience in the background of the film Magicians starring Mitchell and Webb yes I have yes I oh, have Sam you could have warned them with a mistake I, that that Jesus I walked out of that movie what am I talking about we've been asked so many times on this show before and every time I'm like no nah, I don't think so I walked out of Magicians. Did you not get Fucking to my, my bit? <laughs> no, no, I saw him in the audience go, I'll let anyone in on this. I'm out. 
I'm out of here. I'm going to emigrate over there to tell him to his face what I fucking think about it, yeah? I was there for part of the day and my brother got selected to sit behind Jessica Hines and he had to stay for longer. So he's in it more than I'm in it. And I actually once got my brother Magicians on DVD as like a little, remember the thing? And he didn't, that was like at Christmas or something. He didn't take it home with him. It, uh, it, it never Still left. Still in the cellophane, there you go, you know? <laughs> but that's not the question here that's not the How question dare you squandered jessica hines <laughs> you ruined us you bastards i don't know if i've ever seen magicians um i don't think it's worth i don't think it's worth the ever first talking time about where, where someone pretending to be an audience member was so negatively impacted by the make-believe they were seeing <laughs> like, best give that one a miss like but to answer Adam's question at hand, which is, you know, comedy casts, you know, UK and Ireland sitcom stars in a film. The first thing that came into my head, and I've got a better idea after this, but the first thing that came to my head was Kevin and Perry's Excellent Adventure. Okay. <laughs> so we've got Harry Enfield and Kathy Burke traveling through time. That's great. I'd love that. I would love that. I think that would work well across a series. But then I thought, oh, actually, what I want is Richie and Eddie, Rick Melade Edmondson from Bottom, right? The Bottom Boys. And I think they would be good in a kind of time traveling adventure. But then what I thought is that if there's anyone in the UK comedy scene that could have ever pulled off the fucking face off gimmick, it would be Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson. Uh, <laughs> Them playing each other, playing each other, playing, and it just, it, the goofs. If you had Face Can Off I? as a fucking straight, ridiculous slapstick comedy, I think it would be brilliant. And that's what I want. Can I change my answer to be for a different question, which is, I just want John Woo to direct an episode of Bottom instead now. <laughs> I think that would be great. We had Mission Impossible 2 on the swill recently on mm. Patreon, and like we had a bit of the woo in our veins. Yes. Everything's a little bit better with a bit of woo in your life, and I think that would be no exception. Yeah, that's my answer. I, I just want I want Rick Mail back, and not to get sad, but, you know, I'd, I'd like him in anything. Thanks for joining us on the uh, comedy special here, guys. Uh, sorry, there's a quick little little bit of mourning there for the loss of a comedy great who was taken tragically young. And I'm pretty sure that's what Rick would have wanted, isn't it, to take the energy down like that. That's what he would have wanted. So thank you so much, Adam, for your question. <laughs> now, we had another lovely email in from another separate Adam who wrote some really lovely things about the show. And uh, you know. Whoa, what is this fucking Adam time? Come on. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and another Adam. <laughs> uh, but Adam wrote in, I want to say thank you so much for that lovely email and thank you for your support and everything like that. But Adam, and this is directly to one listener, I will not sing a footy chant of Norwich City who recently won the championship title over Nottingham Forest. I won't do it. I won't do it. I will not do it. He wanted, and it was Blur themed as well as a Park Life footy chant. I'm not going to do it. But I know what you mean. Like, if you start doing stuff like that, I mean, what would you be putting on your OnlyFans then if you're giving away that on the podcast? Like, you know? When does it end? You know? When does it end? We do every footy chant that people email in, Adam. It, yeah. And he sent a lovely picture of his dog. He was talking about walking the dog. It was such a great, Stop great trying email. to butter me up with your fucking animal, yeah? <laughs> All right? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Now, I'm going to close up the mailbag. I'm going to put it in one of those little... Uh, excuse me, sir. Have you just left this bag unattended on the carousel? Why did you open it up, take out two pieces of mail from two people suspiciously called Adam? And did you pack this bag, sir? Or did one of these Adams pack it for you? <sighs> it was one It was one of the Adams. I was Are an Adam. Are there any Adams in this bag right now? <sighs> I've got a <laughs> bag full of Adams. For fuck's sake. <laughs> 
I'm so sorry. No, what I've done is I've put it on that little, you know, the little metal suitcase rolly thing that you have, the little the little thing, and I've, I'm rolling it yes. away, and I'm taking it away, and we can we can get it in the taxi, and we can head home, and we can finally relax because the bloody holiday's over. Am I right? <laughs> as soon as you said that, it just reminded me of when I came back from holiday a few years ago, and the taxi driver turning to us at five in the morning, going, "How do I get out of this airport?" <laughs> Which is what you never want to hear. That is not what you want to hear. Now, Kevin, mailbag's over, so now you think, well, oh, let's go do a cinema swirl, right? But what, what I want to, what I want to do, is just take a moment, uh, play oh, the music, Jesus. play, play oh, the no. music. Uh, no, that's me in the edit. Play, play, edit the, play the music. You, you were, were specifically warned about the over hundred mils of liquids. Kevin, um, welcome. <laughs> What the fuck is this? <laughs> to uh, what is this? That, what the hell is this? Listeners at home, uh, I've taken off my shirt to reveal a Pepsi T-shirt. Welcome, as you can hear, to Pepsi Swirl. Jesus oh, fucking Kevin, Christ. It's been a while since we've done a Pepsi Swirl. It's been a long old while. But the whole business model, like someone points out to me recently, we only went on Patreon after he gave up Pepsi. Mm. And like every time I was like, whoa, Pepsi Swirl, is that you're fucking playing Russian roulette with my livelihood? What's going on? <laughs> Do you think there's a correlation between when we got more productive, we started... <laughs> Yeah, when you got fucking settled down, mate. That's the correlation right there. Well, okay. Kevin, I got another confession to make. I drink Coke. Right, so the thing is... Whoa! Okay, okay. So, so, so. In recent months, yes, months, and I have kept this from Kevin, I have been drinking either Diet Pepsi caffeine-free or Diet Coke caffeine-free. I succumbed to the lure of the cola... But there, I, those drinks don't have lore. Don't lie. <laughs> no. Has anyone ever walked past the fucking? I, I bet it's like a beige bottle or like a, a fucking cobalt blue or like a, a very pale grey. A real sad, like oh, I can't shit anymore. Color. It is a sort of like, beige gold color. Yeah, yeah, no one is ever going to walk past though. I used to walk past those bottles and fucking laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when you said like there's no law for those things I thought you meant as in law as in like story like maybe like back <laughs> like Pepsi Max that's a drink with some story that's a drink with some backstory they introduced you know? the concept of mates in the yes. 90s and then they dropped Pepsi Max after that it all carries forward I, I wanted to drink cola again okay but I didn't yeah. want to succumb to caffeine problems that i've had previously so i was drinking some caffeine free colas and they were fine you know you know what i should point out as well in the last few months i have in my mind thought something was up but i convinced myself i just didn't trust my friends <laughs> you know more fool me i guess yeah. well you had reason not to trust me it's because i was <laughs> keeping a secret from you i've been drinking Sorry, what's this new brand of fucking pepsi egg on your face is that what it is that you're serving me today well imagine pepsi egg I d- the idea of some sort of pepsi egg is really unpleasant yeah, that's the logo it's the pepsi egg <laughs> a delicious pepsi egg <laughs> now i've been drinking those colas and i've been having an okay time and it's they're satisfying my craving for cola while not giving me any of the caffeine problems but what has recently happened kevin is that pepsi max pepsi max caffeine free has launched in the uk and oh so it's pepsi max caffeine 
free. Now, I swore we did some sort of a caffeine-free taste test before. We did, and that was Diet Pepsi Caffeine-Free, which I have been drinking in recent months. Is there regular Pepsi Caffeine-Free, Diet Pepsi Caffeine-Free, and Pepsi Max Caffeine-Free? Those three things all exist. I think so. I think the regular <sighs> Pepsi... Uh, well, I don't know about the regular ones. I don't tend to see the non-diet ones caffeine-free. It tends to be diet and caffeine-free. Because you're self-conscious about drinking this soda, we already figure you're really self-conscious about drinking the soda. Yeah, yeah. The, so, those, like, you know. the Venn diagram is just two circles. It's not There's not going to be anyone who wants both. Now, Pepsi Max caffeine-free has come out in the UK, and what I have here is a lovely... Uh, Lovely can of it and see no caffeine, maximum taste, no sugar. Two no's. Did you keep a receipt for that at least? Because, like, I would like, just in my mind, it would put me more at ease that if you at least claim that back against tax for a, this was a performance yes. piece, <laughs> and then I can at least sleep a little bit better at night, that I'm not doing the greatest fucking charade of enablement that has ever existed. I am fully on intending airwaves. to write off every part of this. But what I was thinking when I saw this is there's no caffeine, maximum taste, no sugar. From a marketing perspective, it seems weird to put two things that your product doesn't have in the name of the product in like the tagline Pepsi Max no caffeine maximum taste no sugar it is the absence of a great deal of things now isn't it it's defined by what you don't get in this but I have here a can of Pepsi Max caffeine free I'm just gonna oh oh oh, oh here we go and so bottoms up I'm just gonna drink some of this and so just you, yeah. long time listeners you thought this was a thing where we would both you know drink a can oh, no. or do something nah. this segment is now Sam revealing that he's been lying to me for several <laughs> months and he's going to do it now to my face. Oh, well, <laughs> when I had the Enjoy! <laughs> when I had the idea to bring the segment back and do this, I didn't put too much forethought into it, but when you say it back to me and you explain what's happened... Yeah. <laughs> it seems a little bit weird, it? does seem it? like a top ten anime betrayal. But with that in mind, here we go. So you've drunk that now. Ooh. Hold on. So how I would describe that? You know what, as well? Mm. You, and everyone listening oh. at home as well, this lad here going, oh, yeah, no, I've not been doing it much. He, the fucking, the glug there, did you hear that? That was a prideful swallow. That's the swallow of a man who's used to those bubbles dancing on his tongue. He knows what he's going in. He knows Look, what's happening. Cards on the table. Caffeine-free colas have been going down this gullet. <laughs> But uh, the Pepsi, the Pepsi Max caffeine free. What it tastes like, and this shouldn't be surprising to anyone, is it tastes like Pepsi Max, but a but bit worse. But a bit worse. But just a little. But a little bit. It's still Pepsi Max, and I'm really excited now because for so long in my life, Pepsi Max was kind of my gimmick. That was one of my personality traits. And then we had the whole redemption arc where he, you know, he went cold turkey, sacked it off, changed man. Now, Started, you know, releasing those episodes that were coming out more regularly. Yeah, yeah. People getting more productive. Like, all those. You know, you the years when we didn't do Cinema Swirl, people go, "Go, why aren't you doing Cinema Swirl?" I go, "Oh, it's not because of." <laughs> Sam's Pepsi problem. It's just, you know, things are happening, man, you know. But we'll get back there eventually. On the floor, surrounded by cans, they're sort of caffeine days. But now I can have the best of both worlds. I can have my gimmick. I can have my personality trait based around a drink, but I don't get the issues that I had with the caffeine. Will I get issues from a spa team? I don't know. Will I get. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy, like, you know. Will, will I get issues from um, Fenilalanine? 
I don't know. But it's exciting to find out what's going to go wrong here. I like that in honour of the comedy episode, you got the drink that has the enhanced chemical that most sounds like the word funnily, uh, which is... <laughs> Nice touch, I'll tip my cap to you in that respect. Fenilalanine. Well, uh, fenilalanine enough, this is ostensibly meant to be some class of review segment where I've been just fucking roped into some sort of unwilling mukbang where I have to watch a man enthusiastically drink a horrible drink. So go on then, give me your rating. Because what you've not noticed is that your energy level has increased greatly now when we're meant to be Fine. wrapping up the priest world. And I'm going in here now, meant to be fucking watching a movie and you're hopping off the fucking wall. There's a reason you do presents at the start of Christmas, Sam. It's because parents couldn't deal with it. Like, oh, we're winding up now. Presents! Now, just I want to point out, unwilling mukbang that you said there is one of the most unpleasant <laughs> combinations of words that I can. It's such a... Uh, it's just uh, untapping. I, I swear to God, one of my, I did a little like, random side gigs and stuff like that. The last one that I was meant to do right before the pandemic struck last mm. year was that there was a restaurant that opened up near me and they wanted to do a mukbang for their YouTube channel. And they're like, if you come down, we'll give you a free meal. And I'm like, what do I have to do? Like, you just eat the dinner and oh, talk. Oh, you were going to be like, the, the guy who I would just gonna, eat the I dinner. I was going to be a guy. And then I hung up the phone, I'm like, yeah, where they get a load of me? <laughs> <laughs> fucking, but you wouldn't even, you need to go into widescreen to get the elbows in there now, you know. It'd be fucking proper doing two hands. Like Pete Doherty with one of those breakfasts. You'd just been, yeah, great stuff. In, so. sl- in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Pete Doherty talked to you about the back catalogue of the Libertines whilst eating that very slowly, as opposed to the infamous empty plate pick, oh, which we all know and love. Looks so happy. Now, to give this a glug rating, which is Please. traditional in Pepsi Swirl, which we haven't been to yep. for a while, and I've subjected Kevin to this unwilling mukbang of me just drinking a drink, I'd say Pepsi Max... OG Pepsi Max. Five glugs, of course. Maximum glugs. It's a natural five glugger, yeah, This is Pepsi Max, but a bit worse. But it's still Pepsi Max, so I'm going to give this four glugs. Jesus, Mary Joseph. I I can't remember if we play the music again at the end, but we'll just put a a sting in it, put a little bit of the music there. Put that, yeah. All right, and we're back in Cinema Swirl. That was a little mini segment that we do, a kind of Pepsi-themed fun thing that we both love and enjoy. And then there's this other fun segment we do now, which is called Our Fucking Job. Yeah? Yeah? All right, now we'll we'll go and we'll do a Cinema Swirl now then. So it's a comedy special. Let's go do a Cinema Swirl. Should I say we've landed now? So we have. Hey, it's the comedy special, baby. And we're back. Sam, initial gut reaction to airplane exclamation mark. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. What was this hesitation? No, I fucked it. I realized it was going to be difficult for me to sort of laugh on command. Oh, okay. That would have sounded kind of like you were having a pop at the movie, like. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think that's my initial <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now 
There are sometimes visual elements go up on our Twitter page. Give us a follow on the old at Cinema Swirl on the Twitter. And there's some little videos that have been up there now. So you can see how profusely we sweat or how infected yes. my eye was when we recorded recent oh, episodes. I'm always so sweaty after these and I don't really understand why. <laughs> like, I, yeah, that, and I hate this as well. It's always like a cold sweat. I, I hate mm. it. What? Oh, get yeah. out of here, cold sweat. <laughs> I feel like a bloody corpse when I'm finished with this. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sam's laughter there. Mm. was seemingly from the visual element just to help those of you at home who are listening to this yes it seemed to be equal parts the laugh of recognition but also that second part had the laugh of expediation the laugh of yeah right now i'm just keys are in my hand and i'm actually just off the door now bye right yeah you know yeah. what i mean there was a little bit of that explain to me what's going on here well i don't think that was necessarily in it i was just struggling with laughing on command but i, I suppose now i'm thinking about it, there was a bit of that is that the time i shall <laughs> i shall be off in that laugh it's the opposite of hesitation it's like the, too, too much of the opposite of that it felt like <laughs> uh, yeah i think that's it i think that's you know yeah 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 i feel good i feel good about that film had a good time how many times or have you got a rough estimate of how often you laughed because the laugh amateur in this is obviously something that's very very important because it is a comedy brackets right. funny silly movie we need to define a few things we need to define laugh we need to define chuckle we need to define yep. titter <laughs> we need to define like a like a kind of fun smirk a kind of ex, a, a smirk and an exhale you know the kind of that kind of yeah listeners will know that that is one of my principal forms of communication is the nasal non-laugh yeah there's, oh. there's a lot a lot of those kevin don't i know it <laughs> <laughs> He assures me he edits them out, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, were there any teehees? Were there any chortles? Were there any guffaws? There were a few proper laughs. There were many titters and little chuckles. Okay. More kind of, uh, yeah, like an acknowledgement that, you know, that's funny. I found it funny, but I'm not like, my sides weren't split, but that doesn't mean I wasn't having a good time. But there were some where I did genuinely big laugh out loud, laugh out loud. Okay. Yeah. And do you think, you know, watching it on your own, is this, the, are you with comedies the type of thing where if you're in a group of people, you'll laugh out loud more, there'll be more reactions and stuff like that. Well, I'm glad we're getting into this because I kind of have a theory on this that part of laughing is a social thing. Like, yeah. if you go to a comedy club, right, and you're with an audience of people all laughing and you're watching a set from a comedian, you know, you're Lee Mack, you're Peter Kay. Top tier content is what you're telling me yeah. here. You know? you know, the funniest of the funny. And you watch that set and you laugh at it. I think if you watch the exact same set pre-recorded at home, the same performance, same level, you know, you watch the same thing. You wouldn't laugh as much at home on your own, anywhere near as much as you do with an audience. What if you're at home with, Around you know, you. this is a, something we've not had in a while, you know, couch yeah. loads of people, you know, it, it was that kind of a, hey, we're all coming round to watch the comedy movie. Would you find yeah. yourself more inclined to laugh there? Are you a social laugher in situations with groups of people you know more than your fellow Mackinites, brackets Lee Mac fans? Yeah, I think uh, I think it comes in levels, it, just in terms of how many people you're around or what the setting is. But the more I think the more people with you while you're watching something funny, the more laughter. Although there will be some laughs where that goes out the window and something just is so funny that your body involuntarily is just properly laughing. Uh, I yeah, think those that's, are the if you're key on, ones. On your own, I think those laughs are uh, 
<laughs> I don't want to say better, because obviously the thought of someone laughing in a room on their own. I'm sorry, folks, for making you think about it. It is a little bit shit, isn't it? A little bit. A yeah, little bit. Yes. Or the only thing shitter than that is going, ooh, on your own. Like something making you do that on your own. That's also a little bit shit, you know? That's kind of... And look, yeah, obviously uh, we didn't perform to very big crowds when we were doing stand-up. So obviously, you know, the, the, solid, the, the solitary <laughs> laugh is something that I was actively working towards, Sam, is what I'm yeah. telling you, you know? But I feel it's a hard movie to judge on a, an attempting to be comedy podcast. Yes. I always said that talking about laughs is quite difficult. But I think mm. in these times more than ever, it is interesting to look at those movies that can make you laugh in spite of the oppressive circumstances of being on your own. In these times in particular, it's always good to have a bloody laugh, in it? This kind, this, the kind of jokes in, <laughs> Now more than ever, we need to have a bloody laugh. And I think this kind of quick-fire, jokey joke, if you miss one joke, there'll be another one coming up immediately. Don't worry, Dad, you can go asleep, because there'll be some more jokes when you wake up that'll be nothing to do with what you've just seen. I appreciated the scattergun approach to comedy here and I think it paid off it is you know it's definitely scattergun and the scattergun in two approaches one JPM jokes per minute mm. it's quite intense it's quite layered Dense, there rich it is it's like old Simpsons where it's like hey there's another bloody joke here underneath my feet the entire blooming time yes but I think as well is like that the type of humour mm -hmm. is a lot not, I don't say it's obviously broad humour but yeah. it's broader in its variety than I had given it credit for. Because I thought it was kind of like, psych gag, psych gag, psych gag. If you were to tell me the kind of the naked gun type of thing, I would have said mm. that. But here we've got pop culture references, yep. physical comedy, old timey, I'd say borderline vaudeville shit, yep. some good old fashioned <laughs> racist jokes, like everything you can shake a stick at. And seeing as it's a movie coming out in the 1980s, it's quite impressive in it being both forward-looking, but also backward-looking yeah. in its broad comedy. The summit for everyone. You know, everyone gets a go to have a laugh. In Mom, <laughs> Dad, the racist. Everyone's got a little something in there, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't expect as many spoofs and pastiches beyond just the disaster genre, which this is kind of taking on. I didn't want to say it before we went into the movie because mm. I thought it might have you with a raised eyebrow going in. But were you familiar with any of the scary movie franchise? <sighs> your, your scary movie, your scary movie too four etc familiar with don't think i've properly watched any of them i think that's one of those like on in the background of a party when i was a teenager didn't right, really right, watch right. it kind of and, and no memories then of that because i was Not worried really, if i no. told you these lads are involved in those oh that, i know is that is that shocking for you or is that I think so well <laughs> They're definitely considered in different tiers of comedy. Like if yeah. someone's going through a comedy DVD shelf, ooh, what fun, and they're going through there and they see both of those. One of those has been pulled out to go, cracker, and one of those has been pulled out to go, oi, what's going on here then, mate? Right? These are coming off the shelf for very yeah. different reasons. And I I'm think not talking box art, folks. There is a lineage there that I suppose you could trace and understand and appreciate how it's gone from one to the other. But, uh. I put it to you yes. as someone who had very recently watched the Austin Powers movie again. You know, the one, Shagadelic, all that lot. Yes. And when I watched it, I was like, God, that was some fucking 
random borderline sketch show comedy thrown together in the guise of a movie. Yeah. And I would say this movie is very similar to that and yet for some reason is held in this... I'm not having a go at this movie. I enjoy Airplane a lot even Mm. still. But I find it quite strange that movies that came 10 years after that are doing a very similar thing are considered to be stinky crap whereas this is pretty much hallowed ground in terms of comedy classics well i think that's just going to come down to the quality of the material and also i was wondering like looking back on this i was like oh they're spoofing jaws they're spoofing saturday night fever and that felt even when i was watching it now that like oh they're looking back at some old stuff some classics it felt but th- weird but that actually was, seeing, that was you kind know. of modern references then and that's the kind of referring to current pop culture stuff that seems annoying now do you know what i mean like that that was their modern references then kind of fairly recent films it feels very novel in this movie mm. that they are or i guess at the time it probably felt like that that it was that they were doing a little bit of the old referential humor etc yeah we're going to have to attempt to actually talk through this movie without just being like, and then there's this joke and then there's that joke. But also the issue that we have is is that if we just say the main plot beats, I'll do it for you now, right? That <laughs> shows a lot of people show up at an airport, right? Including two people who will be much more important later on. And then they get on the plane, something goes wrong. And then someone has to land the plane, the very person who I alluded to being important earlier. And then they land the blooming plane. And that's it. That is it. That, I mean, in terms of the actual structure of beats of a plot, yeah. they were parodying the kind of airplane disaster movies of the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. And apparently the exchanges are so derivative of another movie from like 1957, mm. zero something or other, that they actually bought the rights to the movie in case <laughs> someone came and said. Yeah, because a lot of the exchanges, like when people talk, when the doctor talks to the captain, when the air traffic controller talks to the pilot, all that stuff it happened the exact same order in this other movie, pretty much. <laughs> so it is worth bearing in mind that they're very, very much, they're doing a send-up of movies that I guess that you and I didn't really grow up with. You know, I didn't have much experience with a disaster movie of, a, of an airplane variety growing up. No, not really. But I think you mentioned there that the plot is fairly thin. I think that that plot is both figuratively and kind of literally a vehicle for comedy if you know what I mean. It's just there to serve as many jokes as you can get into 87 minutes or whatever this is. Look, and you think we might struggle here now, but don't worry, because I've got loads of things here to kind of get us going along the way. Sam, what is, in your opinion, the best airport, as we do open here, ironically enough, in an airport? The best airport? Best airport. Best airport. Best airport. Um, Tell you what, Kevin, it's the airport that's taking you where you want to be. Oh, 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 listen to all now in the comments. That's a proper airport, you fucking cowards. I've not been to that East Midlands Don't you dare! Don't you dare! This is what happens when you grow up with just East Midlands Airport near Mm. you because I was so afflicted by that airport, it's made me reflect on all these other airports from my childhood. I'm talking about the regional airport in Galway. Yeah, it's really small, but yeah, we got you to Edinburgh short enough. I'm talking about your JFKs. Yeah, you know I hate it in America, but I got to eat all sorts of food there that I'd never eaten before yes oh to eat in a chain restaurant within an airport always good stuff love that always a quality time so we have a variety of passengers and staff arriving coming in these Mm -hmm. are all characters who will appear on the plane later on yes we get immediately in this very kind of what seems on a very very you're telling the background like you know just a regular intro sequence but you got your visual gags in there you got your audio gags in there they're already coming at you 
you with a, like when these started these types of goose like the white zone the red zone stuff yeah was it a kind of an aha familiarity for you or it was a okay i see what this is going to be oh fun fact that white zone red zone the two announcers arguing about what's going on apparently they're an actual married couple they were trying to cast people who would come across as a married couple and didn't it didn't work <laughs> so they got an actual married couple to do the announcements and bicker over which zone is for parking ah the great direction where you have to come across like a married couple but still like an airport announcer that's that's yes. some hard shit right there it's straight away we've got a spoof we've got a pastiche of jaws with the music and the tail coming through the clouds and we've got those audio gags and we've got little sight gags here and there and can i just say regardless of humor the font of the title and the names of people i love that kind of classic 70s font just black and white big white thing with the kind of black shadowy thing it just looked cool it just looked cool the titles i liked the titles Okay. And I think the reason why it works so well as a parody mm. and what was probably lost in a lot of the later parodies that they did is that they stick to a lot of the very strict kind of rules of, hey, it's a, you're parodying 70s disaster movies. So you have the fonts, you have the music, you have the stylistic choices and... Mm. The majority of the cast who they have in this, like a lot of them aren't comedians or comic actors. They got people like, you know, Robert Stack or, you know, Leslie Nielsen, mm. who would have been known for doing those kind of more serious roles. And they're delivering quite silly material, very, yeah. very straight and very, very seriously. And that is always funny for time immemorium. Yes. Uh, now, I realise I can't write down every joke and everything, but I appreciate the... Oh, no. I know. Fuck's but sake. I want to go through some that I appreciate. Uh, the level of effort for such small jokes, that is sometimes the thing that made me laugh. Because there's a scene where a guy's directing a plane with those little light-up sticks, and then his mate's like, oh, where's the bathroom? He goes, oh, it's over there. And that leads to the plane crashing through a massive window. That would be a shot that would have been presumably expensive or difficult to set Probably up. Probably is but, the most expensive shot in the whole movie, but like, <laughs> Six seconds of a joke, like a vine's worth of joke, is the effort level varies so massively. And sometimes they put so much into one stupid little gag, and I do appreciate that. You mentioned The Simpsons. I think throughout this, yeah. I noticed the kind of humour is what I recognise from a lot of animation. Because yes. in animation, you know, Simpsons, Futurama, even things like Family Guy with the kind of cutaway stuff that I used to watch as a young teen. Those big flights of fancy where you can do stuff like, you know, a plane crashing through a fucking window. That's much easier to do and cheaper to do, well, I guess, in animation. Yeah, you know, you yeah, do... you're right. It is kind of hard to justify, it feels like. And I think what's probably special about Airplane is that mm. because there weren't a lot of movies like this beforehand and there were a lot of movies that came afterwards, for comedy, which usually was viewed as being like, I guess, a cheaper format or a cheaper genre in Hollywood. Yeah. It's nice to see like kind of a little, I mean, it still is a bit low rent, but oh, yeah. a little bit of that big budget flex, like, you know? Yes. Because as we all know, the more money you spend on comedy, the funnier <laughs> that it actually is. But so you say that jokingly, but I actually found it an extra layer of humor for me came from the fact that so much money had been spent on these little jokes. Like people dicking around in a writer's room coming up with these things and then so much of the budget having to be, you know, aimed at that. It's very fun to me. Here, have, have you ever had this religious people at an airport experience because it feels like something I was shown a lot on television in the 90s going oh god I bet you hate going to the airport oh the crazies are there and maybe no. it's just oh post 9-11 travel kicking in but 
I really don't. There was one time there were a lot of Protestants singing unfamiliar carols at the dreaded right. East Midlands airport. And they're like, you know, oh, it's time for English time. Good King Winter. And all the Now, that was the closest I had. Never had no hairy Christians come at me. I don't think I have really. Especially not in an airport. I had a man talk to me at length about cattle mutilation at an airport once. Right, yeah. Unwillingly, but he was a security guy, so I had no, you know, that doesn't feel like it's fair. Like, oh, you know, those crazies come up to you, the security guards. Like. I think it might be a sign of our times that, like, people who are hanging around airports unnecessarily have been sort of filtered out in recent times. Like, if you're standing around doing something that isn't essential in an airport, you're probably not going to be there long enough yeah, to keep doing there's it. There's a lot less scope for comedy in an airport movie these yes. days. I would actually go as far as to say that you wouldn't dare. And that's why Soul Plane is such a dare piece of comedy because they went there post 9-11 and they were brave <laughs> Kevin someone's on the phone to the Mayo Clinic you cut to the Mayo Clinic the man's got loads of mayonnaise behind him I mean fucking come on yes this is my sort of thing yes please that's so good no it's good because I really like ah. mayonnaise and that kind of you know that obviously resonated with me I'm like <laughs> You know, you, you kind of look around, you can, you can see all these like, little subtle gags, which is great. Yeah. You look around, it's like there's the reading material, you know, and a little subtle gag. It says whacking material. Because, like, if someone was to masturbate yes. a penis, it'd it's be like almost subtle like, stuff, yeah. Like a whacking motion, I yeah. guess. Like, you know? Yeah. Again, I don't just want to list jokes, but the smoking or non smoking and then being given a ticket that is smoke, physically smoking. But that's one of those ones where, like, someone uh, in the props department had to be there probably for quite a while to figure out. That would have taken so long. So, like, how, how do we make this work? Any joke or visual gag that probably had a note back saying words to the effect of, are you sure? Those are, those are the best types of jokes oh by the way our two kind of main characters are ted and elaine now ted was it was in the war which war the war the war we all know the war do you recognize elaine from anything no i probably should though me because i'm watching malcolm in the middle uh doing a bit of an old rewatch at the moment a little morning show Mm. she shows up as the babysitter polly in that and i couldn't believe it because she's a grown-ass woman here in a movie that comes out in 1980 and i've seen Mm. her in a show that's like 20 something years later and she's playing the young babysitter and i looked up a picture she's 65 and she still looks the fucking same so so if you want to live forever be funnier (laughs) <laughs> hurry up okay, I mean, <laughs> oh no the time's running out <laughs> really need to put some effort in there I uh, know come on look we have to up the game Sam because look it's the comedy special yes, I've done sorry. my joke about the reflections of mortality and my 9-11 material I've got very little left to go on alright so plot details they're, they're Ted- a tough audience out there mate they didn't like the 9-11 stuff they didn't like the reflections on your own mortality I don't even know what to do I might bring up my dead grandmother I, I don't know at this point I don't know maybe as a closer you know just to <laughs> send them home happy obviously funny enough I did used to close on my dead grandmother routine which uh, never really struck the landing on it like you know right Ted he's been in the war he doesn't like planes anymore he used to be a pilot doesn't like planes he's haunted by stock footage yes <laughs> if you could be haunted by any stock footage what would it be like if you had to go out and, be, and all of a sudden black and white imagery came over you I'd probably like the cakes being prepared in the 1950s it's always quite calming I was going to say two older people using an iPad together <laughs> you know just, uh, just scrolling through you know nice stuff <laughs> he's worried about planes 
Elaine, these two were together, but she doesn't want to be with him because he won't hold down a proper job. So that's the kind of the tension here, the friction. He wants to be with her. She doesn't want to be with him anymore. Because he's a burnout with a checkered past. He gets on the plane that she's going on anyway, because that's, you know, his plan. Get on the plane, find a way to get back with Elaine. Here's some uh, big brain thoughts for you. Mm. Big laughs from me. Yes. And I, I do have a degree. Big laughs from me. <laughs> for jokes that infer the plane is a different vehicle. I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not a train, you blooming bork. <laughs> That's a choo-choo. It's, not, it's, a, it's a vroo-vroo. The, the sky, the plane, that's that one. The couple waving goodbye to each other and running alongside the plane as it goes. Uh, yeah, really funny stuff. And it making a kind of chugging train noise. Wonderful. Um, I think the only, the only jokes now, which I felt really didn't age particularly well, and yeah. I was coming into this like somewhat expecting that it would be like oh there's going to be a few bits in here that surely are going to be like going to be some dodgy stuff sure just because there's such a pace at the jokes here yeah. that at some point like Tim Vine's going to do a racist one liner eventually you think to yourself in this two hour fucking onslaught of material <laughs> it's got to come up something's going to slip through the cracks eventually Tim here Tim Vine then. was one of my reference points by the way for things that this <laughs> reminded me of <laughs> in a good way if a movie was Tim Vine but the jive talk bits that they do with the two yes. black passengers with the subtitles underneath. And I thought, all right, you know, sign of the times, Shaft had come out seven years prior and mm. they were using some real life jazz musician chat, I guess. But the fact that they came back to it and they didn't do this with other jokes. Like there's a couple of bangers in this that they come back to like once or twice. They yeah. come back to this three times. Yes. <laughs> ah, li a little bit overindulgent now with your racist joke. I think we may have come to the same thing with this, where we watched that and we thought, okay. Ah, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to put anything in my notes. We'll just acknowledge there are some dodgy jokes here and there. And then when they it became a recurring gag, it's like, ah. Uh, and a uh, confidently okay. recurring gag as well. Yeah. Like, this like <laughs> you, know, you know, someone is confident in a gag where they're like, and then we do it again, but slightly longer this time yes we just <laughs> <laughs> like oh you mean the same but like more yes that's the rule of threes it gets three times bigger each time you do it and it's three times as funny that way yes, it was a bit tricky in terms of other stuff that's again like my sort of thing not that my sort of thing was that there's a a victor a roger and a captain over in the cockpit so they're all talking to each other and they're saying talking about vectors and uh, Roger, Roger over over uh, well yeah, and they I mean that's you know th this is all classic I was like fucking hell oh, yeah, yeah that's, here we go that's like fucking WC Fields level of shit like you know <laughs> who is on first you may yeah, ask it's four candles stuff it's you know it's this is classic comedy right here I get why this is so revered I get it yes but I think as well it's Hmm. Mm hmm. I think as well, like with a movie like this, because they're coming at you with so many different types of jokes so fast as well. And yeah. the fact as well is that it doesn't have enough. It's going to sound like I'm having a pop at the movie. I'm really not no, like, but like, there's not enough substance for the movie for it to actually start to enter. You know, it's everything is so fucking light and effervescent where it feels like there are a lot of like instances and jokes that if it came in a movie that had like characters that you 
kind of actually could relate to or thought about a bit more as opposed yeah. to like everyone in this you feel like you're watching a sketch show you feel like you're watching improv you feel like you're watching just you know a load of one-liners yeah. and bits yeah, yeah. it feels like less like a commentary on the times so it kind of gets away with these random flippant moments that in a movie that had more of an actual plot and characters you probably would be a little bit more like i think blues brothers with it trying to tell a story about these two young guys who grew up in this black community if they were doing jokes like this they probably and rightly so would get a lot more flack for it i guess is what i'm trying yes. to say yes and i think the kind of scattergun pace thing comes into this as well that like you can miss some of there's just something else immediately afterwards that can kind of take the taste away if something's a bit yes. sour you know what i'm implying is that this gets the roy chubby brown heavy breathing <laughs> but you have to laugh ladies and gentlemen you have to laugh and it's kind of it's implied and not said so yeah so we get one of our first little kind of flashback sequences, which I wasn't expecting as much. So we get a flashback to his time in the war, Ted's time in the war. Also, I like that when he refers to the war, every location he talks about is like a cocktail or a spirit or something. I think you say, oh, it's back in Drambui or Dakui yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's fun. And he's talking about being in a dodgy bar and how horrible fights would break out every night. And again, high effort gag, we get a massive fight scene between two... I think Girl Scouts just yes. beating the shit out of each other, taking proper <laughs> brutal bumps and things. And it lasts for a long time. I love a movie that manages to do like goofs that are very, very silly and they're obviously come from a lighthearted place. And then yeah. there's like little bits where like the man who's dancing with the girl of his dreams and he, in the flashback, he's like, well, you know, I, I looked out on that one particular night and the guy gets like stabbed in the back and is like, yeah. you know, and they go to those much darker places and it's still, this like you, you know you kind of get taken on that ride and you kind of don't give a shit that you're seeing all this stuff i will say though with the saturday night fever parody yes that was a long as long length. that was an indulgent sequence is what i'm saying that fucking went on and on have you seen saturday night fever no which that, when that <laughs> got brought up i was like okay we pro i probably need to watch that at some point he dances in it so he does imagine yes. a whole movie with dancing and that's kind of what they wanted to imply here by seemingly having a feature length skit <laughs> I did like that he danced like a puppet though that was fun yeah funny and with jokes like this so we had that fight between those Girl Scouts and then one of them gets like kind of tossed along the bar and smashes her head into the jukebox that sets off the music that starts the Saturday Night Fever thing I like the idea of how this came together in a writer's room or in the script or whatever like yeah, if you yeah. had a, some sort of map of well we need to do this Saturday Night Fever thing how do we logically get to this I wonder how many like little branching paths they had to link all of this stupid ideas together that you know tickled my brain a bit I was thinking that it's, it's kind of interesting how they've linked all this stuff together how they crammed everything in that still sort of makes sense the favourite joke of the Zuckers which they went back to many times with, mm. with varying degrees of success but you get the little boy back in the plane little Joey this little punk kid yes. who's probably a horrible old man now you think about that for a second and he goes into the cockpit and we get the sequence where the captain is like you ever seen a grown man naked you know yeah, all, all oh, that yeah. stuff I think there are much better versions of this kind of this joke of like a very wise seeming man getting lost in very inappropriate thoughts yeah like, there's one in police squad where he starts talking about how he used to room with like this man he was more than a body even though he was all muscle and sinew he had a mind 
mind he could think and then he talks about him being run out of town like a common pygmy and you know he just goes on this long diatribe i i don't know why it's so funny but a very serious man saying something like that always makes me fucking laugh. Okay, <laughs> to me it kind of boiled down to, oh, this captain is a, like a bit of a pedo, and that's the <laughs> the gag. That's the whole thing. He's just being creepy with this boy. Yeah. But you're not. You see, you're thinking about it too much. Is the problem? Okay. And I, I, I stand to you with this movie that if you stop <laughs> and pause a few times, yeah. and that actually probably hurt my viewing of this a lot. Is that I watched this earlier on in the day, and there were pauses, doors were answered, phone calls were taken, emails were sent in, and that as a result made yeah. me stop and dwell too many times. As opposed to when I watched this originally as a kid, you just kind of you let it flow over you, yeah. wash over you like the shore on the beach. Roger, one of the co-pilots, the little kid is talking about how he's a famous basketball player, and I had to look this up. Like he is, he that the actor playing him is a basketball player at that time. <laughs> that so, is such a fucking to, shit joke. So it's just to acknowledge that he is the actor he's playing. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's bad when me and you two grown fucking men mm. are struggling with some of the reference points here you know yeah. I have a funny feeling if you show this to anyone aged 20 or under they're probably like I, I don't want to say there's a time limit on how long this movie will be considered a classic but it's certainly losing its luster a little bit with some of those jokes just don't land you yes, know there's some timeless stuff and there's some stuff that is very clearly referential to what was going on at the time or you know pop culture figures of the day which again is that kind of thing where now if I see something and it's referencing pop culture stuff like it, with modern Simpsons and it's like oh Oh, I was going to say, oh, Lady Gaga's here, as if that's a modern reference. That was like, I think that episode was maybe 10 years Man, ago. I fucking worked anyway. in a shoe shop when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of doesn't sit well with me, and this feels more classic, but you got to remember that it still has some of that, you know, ephemeral humour that is, was meant to just be taken in kind of the year of release and a yeah, little bit at, at face value, like, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's the fish and chips of jokes. Like, you know, yeah. it's not meant to be long-lasting or whatever, but it just stands out particularly more so when you've got so many jokes mm. and then randomly you're like oh wow there's like a big gap here like the that's with the saturday night fever bit i was like this is kind of a bit light on the humor but if you had just seen saturday night fever in the previous year or two <laughs> you would have been the sides would have split you know yes. personally i think there's a lot more fertile ground for comedy and making fun of him walking around with a tin of paint at the start of the movie looking <laughs> a fucking idiot what a clown he is a flashback to him being in a war hospital bed and different people having things wrong with him. What's wrong with that guy? He thinks he's Ethel Merman. And then just actual... I think that's... I don't know who Ethel Merman is. That's that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it shows the, the movie. I don't know who that is, but I'm assuming it's that very famous seeming lady who did Some a big song singing there. and dancing around. And it's fun. And it, again, it's... You know, I'm so used to this sort of humour from animation. And I imagine that that's because this came out, what, 1980. The people who would go on to write the 90s Simpsons yeah, stuff they, they, that would be would part have grown of the, up with this. the DNA of it and I think yeah. it got an extra 20 years or something like that but the thing is Sam the kids aren't watching the Nostalgia Critic anymore you know they're not <laughs> we're, we've lost our through line for the next generation uh. and <laughs> Much, much like your Game Boy Advance cartridge is sitting at home, turns out that there is a time limit on how long yeah. they'll work for. They, so, they're just going to die at, at some point, and you don't know when. Those of us who consider ourselves comedy restorationists will find it very difficult to piece together the 40th anniversary edition of this on Blu-ray. Honestly, I think someone should dump the ROM of Airplane and... Uh, <laughs> 
for the sake of preservation alone. Yeah, let me release the fan translation of Airplane 2, you fucking <laughs> bastards. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Is there anything that could bring... You know what? I'm glad... I'm glad... Just be careful what I say, right? I'm glad for the restrictions that are in place that have come after 9-11. Yes. Very very carefully worded that. Okay. But if it means that I never have to suffer through the indignity of some fucker pulling out a guitar on a oh, plane. Yeah. Could you imagine? Oh. Could you? I was really hoping that they, those rules would extend to like house parties as well, where it's like, sorry guys, because of 9 11, you can't have a go on Wonderwall and try and impress the girl you like. Damn it. I feel like I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I was once on a canal boat, a kind of water taxi oh, uh, no, in London, Sam. going from uh, Little Venice to London Zoo. And I think on the way there, this American fella had a guitar, pulled it out, started playing guitar and singing and kept <sighs> saying, no, these Brits, they love they love it. They love it. I'll do another. And he kept just fucking singing. And when you, but you when, don't, though, do you? you? You don't, from what I gathered. If it's at a house party, you can walk into a different room, all right? If it's in the street, or, you can walk or, away. alternatively, Sam, because that does work, if you're at a house party, you can make a scene as well. And I found yeah. that to be very, very effective because the troubadour of the house party, charismatic as he may seem, and yes, it's it's fucking he, let's be honest, come yeah, on now. It always <laughs> come is, Come yeah. on! But what about the women who insist, <laughs> come on! For fucks, come on! You know what, in terms of gender stereotypes, I'm fine with that one. I'm I think fine you with that one. With you that. know... <laughs> go ahead with that one yes yeah and you know what men are getting way easy if that's what we got yes we do tend to take out <laughs> guitars with house parties don't we amongst other things <laughs> with that if someone's at a house party you can just kick up a scene and say Sh- oh, shut up shut up and then everyone gets upset and that's great but on a moving fit I was in water if I were to step out I would have to have gone into a canal and to, to have a guitar out on a plane where you can't escape is unfair I'd rather take my chances in the water than the air I, yes, I just exactly. you know that's just me though you know personally and this scene is fun and there's a good goof of you know this air stewardess playing the guitar knocking out the kind of <laughs> cables and tubes of a, of a sickly child at the front and just getting so carried away in the sing-along that's fun but you're right the thought that comes into your head of what if someone had a guitar on a plane that's scarier to me than something like snakes on a plane <laughs> and, and growing up as well that's when like my catholic family would be like and aren't she glad we don't do any singing or anything <laughs> joyful like that in mass because all sorts would happen no doubt <laughs> like, it is good it is good i much rather the melodic sounds of people going in response to a priest instead that is better than music and cushions fucking cushions to kneel on that's the, that's the one i heard about recently now are you not happy with that in your protestant church well it's very easy to sing a song of praise with that fucking luxury <laughs> when your knees feel all right when your knees are, oh oh my knees felt good said the protestant at their heathen mass these protestants with their cushions and their tiffin you need to come out with an appointment for an orthopedic surgeon or you're not doing it right yeah yeah <laughs> gotta hurt so ted goofs that i like this character ted when he tells any of his war stories the passenger next to him he moves around the plane passenger next to him invariably tries to kill themselves rather yeah than we have like a, a, a japanese passenger who falls on his sword yeah. 
Later on, there is a passenger with a turban who attempts to set fire to themselves. It seems to be kind yes. of like combining several stereotypes. Into a, it's almost confusing to, as to who's being um, yeah. racially stereotyped. But hey, they, they resisted the urge to go with brown face, which a lot of other executives would not have yeah. resisted that urge. So more power to them, I guess. But uh, maybe nostalgic, though, the days you could self-immolate on a plane. Can't do that now with all the bloody rules. You know, you can't bring enough lighter fluid on. It's not enough to set fire to yeah. you. Yourself, so you know you can have it in one of those clear containers but it's only like what is it 250 mils. mils i'm not having that nah. i made self-immolation not self-smolderation yeah <laughs> and then we finally get leslie nielsen after a long time we're like we're kind of a big chunk into the film yeah like halfway over about i would say mm. and leslie's in the house because people on the plane are getting sick because they've eaten bad food and so is there a doctor on board and it's leslie nielsen he's pretty much non-stop golden dialogue like everything he is oh, yeah. saying is either like a pun in disguise or a line that he delivers so that later on they could do a pun off the back of it. Yes. Like the pattern of his dialogue gags, whatever it is, I love and it keeps working over and over again. I think the first one is the him saying, this woman needs to be taken to a hospital. And the what saying, is it, hospital? doctor? What is it? It's a big building with lots of patients. And it, it's Come that, on. the deliberate misunderstanding, but it works so consistently, that it's, joke it's again the, and the again and again. the confidence of it. Yeah. yeah. Like he made a whole career out of that. Right. And I think... I don't want to be saying like, oh, we just took this bit from Airplane because obviously the whole gimmick of Airplane is all these serious actors doing these, you know, very serious reads of very silly material. Yep. But I think Leslie Nielsen, I've rewatched a bunch of his stuff recently and I think he stands the test of time as being just something that you could show anyone of any age and maybe get mm-hmm. rid of some of the, and there's a lot of kind of referential gags in the Naked Gun movies and pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. But the core of it, that fucking serious reads, like you can watch any interview that Leslie Nielsen did since airplane and every single one he did the same fucking gag where he would talk about being a very serious actor and having to be taken seriously and then he'd press a button on a fart machine he had hidden and let out a big silly fart and it's so funny because over the years he just finds it funnier and funnier and funnier there's clips of him where he's like fucking 80 pressing this old fart machine he got in the late 80s going (laughs) and I just love that like you when you find what you can do and you can do well like he is an absolute huge kind of inspiration for a lot of folks for that reason because he does it so fucking well and I would say he did it better than anyone else ever could I think there's a lot of things in this movie that don't have that timeless quality to them but his delivery of that of that format of gag it just works and it will always work and it's always going to be funny i think you could not trust this material in a lot of i mean i don't know i i can't like could hands, you, um, yeah. is there anyone you could take from the realm of kind of like serious acting and then you know drop him into a comedy movie and you get that same kind of like mm. oh well this guy's been really serious because i feel like Almost every actor who's worth their salt, who's done something serious, has already done a few little comedy bits or comedy dramas or action movies that are basically comedy movies. You know, it feels like there's a lot more. It's like old school wrestling. They have the good guys and the bad guys in separate mm. locker rooms, and they have to travel separately. It feels like comedians and drama actors, similarly back in the day, were kept very separate, and that's not the case anymore. A bit more loose these days. A few more tweeners on the roster in terms of actors, right? Am I using the lingo correctly? <laughs> Idris Elba doing comedy was far less gratifying than I thought it would be. Yeah, but this just works. It works 
fabulously. Also, I love that Ted's drinking problem is that he tries to drink through his forehead or the side of his head. That's his drinking problem, is that he can't. He doesn't know how to drink properly. There we go. I like to point out the strength of the movie's comedy, which meant that I didn't get upset or feel a sense of dread when they spent a long time talking about people getting sick with a virus on a plane. That included a lot of symptoms somewhat similar to the dreaded, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going, yes. I'm going to say it. Brexit. <laughs> Sorry, coronavirus. Lots of people getting sick because of bad fish. Again, the the idea of food poisoning on a plane, particularly unpleasant, but it's so absurdly funny here. I think at one point a woman has eggs just coming out of her mouth. Like the way the different symptoms manifest themselves are just so absurd and silly that it's it's like theme hospital type yeah. stuff. You know? <laughs> it yeah. is, yeah. I was hoping they would kind of continue on with the eggs coming out of the mouth. Like, extended cut would be me across the aisle going, I'll have what she's having. Because, I mean, if I have some sort of egg generation software within my body, I'd be all for that, That's absolutely. Yeah, perpetual Easy. eggs forever. Now, I think something that I do recognise, but I forgot that I knew about, was the autopilot being a funny inflatable lad. Why do you know that? Why do you know that? I think I've seen it. Where? I've, I've just seen a picture of it. Places. You've not seen this movie. I've not seen this movie, <laughs> but I feel like I've seen that inflatable lad. I feel like I've seen the little autopilot. Otto. I've seen him. He is creepy though, right? That's not just me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has an eyelid as well. I don't like that. It's the smiling face that doesn't change while this guy moves around. It's like the wacky, waving, inflatable arm men. You know, if you just look at their faces, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah, but upsetting. if I see a wacky, waving, inflatable arm man, I don't get an urge to stab it. With this thing, I just you I feel like <laughs> I've never before felt an urge for a bayonet in my life, and yet when I see the all part, I'm like, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, gonna teach you how to kill autopilots and then, yeah. so you wouldn't be the one when he's deflating to blow him up with the tube that and the tube is where his willy would be so the air steward lady she has to you know inflate the tube and yeah. comes in, he's like oh, oh. and it. uh, the little Way. inflatable guys have <laughs> it it's like, you know, get in. get in when they go downstairs and they have a go on your catheter tube. Get in. Uh, <laughs> have it. So Ted is the only hope at this point. But of course, the crux of the movie is that Ted sucks. So he's no good. And they have to get him now to land this goddamn plane. Yes. Everyone on the plane starts panicking because they have to put out an announcement that's like, we need someone who knows how to fly a plane. And everyone freaks out. Include right When everyone's freaking out, it includes a woman who is nude and there's just some bare breasts was there like a requirement for comedy films or indeed yes. any film at the time to just have some boobies in it yes for the dads like I guess no it's for the teens apparently like it, it right. was like, you can watch a lot of stuff from around this time and there's just like I don't know maybe they saw what Benny Hill was getting away with all those years and like hey I'm walking over, yeah. over here in America. I want to see some tits in my comedies. I suppose that could be a kind of word of mouth marketing thing that boys would say to each other. Well, there are some, there's some boobies in it, so we, we better go. I mean, that is marketing that worked for many, many years. I don't know if I've told the story about a group of boys who were like making plans, like, and we're going to go see Charlie's Angels in the theater, right? Like, yeah, right. and we'll all masturbate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then we think it through. Eyes bigger than their stomach, those boys. <laughs> so Ted, Ted's got to land the plane, and we have the surely, surely you can't, you can't be serious joke. Surely you're not a longshoreman yourself. I am 
but don't call me man. It's an interesting thing because I feel like any of these jokes, or a lot of these jokes, particularly the Nielsen ones, could have become that joke you know the kind of one that goes beyond this film like that i've heard that yeah. joke so many times because that's like the clip they show you in the top 24 best comedies of all time is hosted by a former e4 presenter you know that's like you know what we're used to seeing those clips you've probably seen i would imagine you've seen that at least 10 times before this yeah, movie but it doesn't stick out you know heads and shoulders above everything else in the movie but it's no, just the kind of hospital become... is much better that that one yeah. is much much better yeah. heck i'd say that the flashback gag where it starts off in the bar and there's a big skirl of a saxophone and then it just pans up and there's a woman playing a saxophone. Yeah. That reads and you don't even need to understand language, only music. It's like Mr. Bean, you know, it's, it <laughs> transcends language. No, mate, Mr. Bean transcends the speed limits. That's what he does. I was lumping praise on the Leslie Nielsen format of jokes here that we keep getting over and over again. Now, there's one where Ted says that's an entirely different kind of flying altogether and leslie nielsen and the stewardess both say it's an entirely different kind of flying so together fucking... it's fucking it's labored as fuck like it it's, yeah. it it, does, it shouldn't <laughs> be okay but that is how i like my jokes i mean i can't remember if i did i tell the ewan mcgregor one on yeah, Swill? Yeah, yeah. yeah i told a joke on our patreon um, I mean, so, <laughs> make sure little... you check out I our patreon featuring joke <laughs> <laughs> which i thought i'm staying behind the paywall but if you know my sense of humor hey, you're giving away the joke for free well we, <laughs> we keep that out back just you know with that's not front of house no we got it you don't need to see it or anything like that all right you don't need to see it we got it you need to know that we've got it you though, need to know right? that it's there but anyway my point is <laughs> if any of you've heard that you will know that that is exactly my kind of humour and I love it. The laboredness of it, the how stupid it is. I want to know your thoughts on this because yeah. that ex almost exact joke is used several times again. It's used in Police Squad, much longer, I would say. Right. Variations of that are then used in Naked Gun. I've always been kind of forgiving of like, well... Naked Gun is a movie, Police Squad was a TV series. I'm pretty sure, seeing as no one watches the TV series, you can lift stuff from the series yeah. and put it into that. But, like, going back to the well with those types of jokes, like, how... <sighs> I honestly don't know. I've never attempted to write anything like uh, anything remotely like that. And yeah. I, I obviously you have recurring gags, and I'm sure you know, we have recurring bits we do and all that. Yeah. But I'm always very conscious of just want to be like, hey, just do the thing again, exactly <laughs> the same. Wait, did you hear my Pepsi swirl stick? <laughs> I didn't. Do you want to have another go at it? Do you? We'll take another crack at it, will we? <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be, like, comedy purist or anything like that. But is it, like... I mean, I, it's obviously diminishing returns. But yeah. The Little Britain school of... Just do it again. Just do, just do the same bit again and again and again and again. I don't know. I like it. None of this humour or joke, if they repeat anything in this or the format, it never outstays its welcome. But I imagine it's so if it, much, isn't there, I guess? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. But I guess it, if it comes up in other stuff later on and again and again and again, it's the same thing, then maybe. But at no point was I getting joke fatigue from any of these gags. Yeah, like they throw a lot of stuff up against the wall, but mm. I wouldn't say they're throwing a lot of shit up against the wall. A lot of stuff has went up against the wall. Upon closer inspection, some of it is a bit shit, but none of those pieces have hit a fan, so it's yes. all right. Yes, uh, and of course, later on, we do get 
actual shit hitting a fan, which is a good visual oh, gag. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, good. It's a bit of fun. I just thought I was thinking about that because they took a really big shit earlier. Uh, there is a great sequence when they go into the airport with like, they have a, the crack pilot, I believe it's Robert Stack's character. Yes. And he's going to be you know, rushing to the airport to get into the control tower and tell him how to mm. land this big bird, baby. And he fights everyone in the airport. Yeah, which is funny that now, if you want to do like a modern take on that, you just fight all the other passengers because those would be the kind of the people, you know. Why are you getting up to queue? You know. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? I, if I fight one person in the airport, okay, big if, <laughs> big if, but I will find the person who looks at the priority queue and then looks at the non-priority queue, has to make sure there's an audience of at least four, and go. The blooming priority queue is longer than the non-priority queue. Yeah. <laughs> and if we all posted first-class stamps, what would happen then? It'd be the fucking end of civilization, wouldn't it? I do like Robert Stack's character a lot. Rex Kramer or something. You know, what a name. Tough guy coming in to sort everything out. There's a little bit where he's being driven to the airport by a, those, a, a little lackey. The projected the background stuff. Projected background. If I could yeah. do, like, if there's one like Hollywood movie magic thing I'd like to do, like if you could be like, hey Kevin, you go to a Hollywood movie set and get mm. any Hollywood effect on it. I'd want that. I'd want the really shit, yeah. you know, driving in a car. I think in our Birds episode we talked about the fondness for the classic driving sequences. I was surprised because I guess in Naked Gun they do a lot more. The restraint in the visual gags. I say that he runs over a cyclist, like, but yeah, like, the restraint like, was still impressive. Horses running after them and it's kind of <laughs> moving around frantically. But yeah, they could have got a lot sillier with that. There's a little bit that uh, I think you can see the influence that this has had, particularly on, like, really on writers of The Simpsons, because there's a scene where there's a woman who's panicking, she's kind of not calming down. It's being hysterical on the flight, and Leslie Nielsen comes in to kind of shake her and slaps her across the face to kind of say, you know, pull yourself together. And then there's a queue of passengers behind him yeah like guns and knives and things like, like that <laughs> yeah just increasingly severe weapons <laughs> but just the way it pans across the queue of people feels like a proper animated cartoon sight gag that I, I can see how that influence has happened can you imagine if anyone ever actually like that is something that people did i'm assuming at some point especially to women but like, shaky shaky shake shaking slap. someone to imagine someone slapping you to calm you down Oh my god. That's (laughs) very problematic school of thought, that, for how uh, calming people down goes. Why did you strike? I was trying to calm them down. Hey, I wish there wasn't the guy who got a pistol or a wrench later on down the line. They were way worse than me. (laughs) (laughs) Cute gag alert. Cute joke. I thought this was really cute. A cute joke. Oh, is this the one? No, hang on now. There was one. And he comes in and he's like, everything's okay. And he starts lying. And I thought it was really funny because he starts lying and then his nose starts getting, yeah. like, like, it looks like a big long willy. <laughs> and I just thought, it took me completely by surprise. He's there talking, he's trying to calm people down, and then his nose got really long, looked like a willy. It was very, very cute. It was very cute. But this was... And I, um, I just thought you could have done a bit where at the end, you know, the end of his nose. Yes. Like, like the tip of a penis. Yes, that would have been the... No, no, no. Piss coming out of there now. Oh, (laughs) just stop. Anyway, but look, Leslie Nielsen was... He didn't need to go for the highbrow stuff like that. You know, he was more of a gag man. I get it. It's all right. Like I was talking about, uh, is it Robert Stack, his character, saying that flying a plane is just like riding a bicycle. It's just a lot harder to put baseball cards in the spokes. And I just thought that was a cute little thing, you know, because you put the thing and they make it sound... What? what? You can't... What? Do you not... 
you know, like if you put like a little card in the spokes of a bike, yeah, to make it make noise while the bike goes round, and it sort of almost sounds like an engine. That's a little thing that kids did. Oh, and is this like cards of like? footballers who've wronged you or something is it or uh just any cards but i guess well, baseball cards you're putting cards paul and... in there now are you hey <laughs> nah. oh, oh. <laughs> respect paul Ince. don't be putting him in your spokes i think they were little what were they called clackers or something that you could <laughs> some product that was designed for this to put in this place whatever you call the great footballing legends who you fucking disrespect like that that's your fucking business and that goes for all of you at home as well you leave Paul alone now he's been through enough okay also automatic pilots being unlocked and floating around and with his static face just kind of bobbing about funny stuff very funny until he's kind of a bit grabby which I don't quite like as much is there anything that movies willfully ignores the actual true purpose of quite like autopilot <laughs> like i'm not saying that it's like it's fun or easy to understand but yeah we, all, we could find out if we wanted to and yet all of us very telling the silence there on the autopilot yeah i think this movie is kind of acknowledging the fact that you like, don't want to know do we you? don't want to know you don't want to know and we're do never going to find out you just want to watch your movies that have easy bits to tie up why no one's flying the fucking plane or x-wing so i i don't know if i'm being quite innocent here but the captain over his wife she gets a call and she's in bed with a horse Yes. And I thought this was like a little Godfather reference, that there's like a horse's head in the bed. But I think it's just like supposed to be, oh, she's in bed with a, with a horse, and that's funny. Well, no, there is, the, there is the two reads of it. It is a reference, obviously, to Godfather. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, me, you know, a film fan. I yeah, saw but... that, and I thought, I'm going to make this movie an offer it can't refuse. <laughs> me laughing in recognition at their gag. Yeah. Whereas you saw that and thought, this woman is fucking a horse. No, I thought both. I thought both. I was trying to work out what I was trying to be told there by that. That's one that kind of didn't land properly with me. Here's a funny thought. What if a horse lied? Would its snout get longer? Would it get really long teeth? Like, what would happen? Or would its nostrils just inflame? I think with a horse, weirdly, when it lies, the nose gets shorter. It kind of com- it comes in and the horse just uh, has like a normal face. Actually, trick question, because as we all know, a horse can never tell a lie. Uh, a very honest, honest creature. Honest, hoofed honest this pure creature. They're the most honest of the hoofed mammals, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. And that's stiff competition, let me tell you. Don't trust no fucking pig, all right? <laughs> Don't listen to anything that rolls well, around its own shit. As seems to be Cinema Swirl and possibly Cinema Swirl tradition, Mike from Breaking Bad is in this for like four or five is minutes, maybe. Yeah, he's a lad in this. How about that? What has he showed up on a while back? He just he, he, he always shows his he little face. He, he turns up. Show yeah. up. He did, and he had yeah. hair and everything, didn't he? In his smart little suit. And this last sequence where it is Ted flying the plane. I yeah. think this was the point. And I know I mentioned I didn't have joke fatigue. I laughed at everything. I found everything. Fu- well, not laughed at everything, but I found things funny. But at this point, I kind of stopped. I just kind of let it kind of... I did that switching off thing and not thinking. And I just kind of absorbed this last scene without thinking to write anything down because I realised I'd just written down jokes from the film. Yeah, I kind of... I, I reached that point at the end of Act 1, I think. Like, and I would <laughs> say one of the great strengths of this movie is yeah. the fact that it is a tight one hour 20 and a little bit of change oh. if, you know... Yeah. Yeah. If we're, you know, there's some funny looking credits to enjoy and all that, but if this went any longer, it would have very, very, very easily potentially lost that comedy classic status, I think. Because I, I don't think I was a joke fatigue, but I was mm. certainly at the point where 
I don't know if I could take much more. With, like, there's a reason why movies like this usually aren't longer than an hour and twenty five. There is a very good mm. reason. You know, there's. I would argue, like this movie. I think even the makers would have said they would have rather have made a TV series, but just the fact that they couldn't find an audience for a comedy like that. You know, they struggled yeah. with the police squad or whatever it is. I do think this. You know, the comedy that's probably struck with you and stuck with you and me the most in the last couple of years is. I don't know if I'm speaking out a turn for you, but I no, think you should just leave with its fucking 10, 15 minute episodes. Yes. Chef's kiss. Brevity is great ally to silliness. I'll give him that. Yeah, short bursts of it. And I think this doesn't outstay its welcome, but I think I don't want to seem like, I feel like at this point, I'm kind of rushing to the end of this in terms of talking about it. There are gags here that were funny, but I don't want to just be reeling them off. Like it just (laughs) continues to, this film, like it's hard to recap this on Cinema Swirl because I kind of just want to say, he lands the plane, there were jokes those jokes were by and large funny the film ends like that is <laughs> that is kind of it you know what this is what happens when you finally watch a comedy classic and you enjoy it like yeah you know, this is this is why this I is kind of why. slag it off but uh, i mean in fairness I think comedies always, because when you are, you know, I think someone mentioned to us in the Mission Impossible episode that they were kind of like, oh, I guess this is just what happens when you are taking notes while watching a movie. There is yeah. the in animal behavior, we call it the observer effect. And it obviously extends right. to, to podcasting as well. But yeah. I'm glad that you were still able to find the funny and enjoy it as a comedy oh, yeah. movie in spite of the fact that you were, you know, recapping Note-taking. it. Note-taking. Well, I think that's... I, I kind of switched off to give myself a little bit of an opportunity to just enjoy this last bit. There were some standout bits. All right, boys, let's get some pictures, and they all take the take pictures, pictures off the pictures off the wall, yeah. And the fact that they're all dressed in, like, the stupidest press outfits ever. with big One of them's holding an ice cream instead of a microphone. Like, all good stuff. When the, they've, like... Ted's landing the plane, and he's got to kind of stop it on the runway... And it's very tense because, like, the, the landing gear might be breaking or something like that. Leslie Nielsen walks in to just say, good luck, I'm counting on you, and then walks out. And then once the plane has landed, he comes back in and just says, good luck, I'm counting on you, when everything is fine. That is funny, to be delivered exactly the same way. The exaggerated fake sweat gimmick, We I feel like we've seen this before in something else. But, you know, the fake sweat pouring down the face and then just getting ridiculous. So it's like a waterfall of sweat on Ted's face. That's good. It made me kind of realize with this movie like Mm. the nice the neat little package of such a simple thing to parody where you're setting out to go we're going after a type of movie that is no longer really in the public consciousness and was a lot for the previous 20 years and it probably shows the failings of some of the the later attempts when you're going and going what are we doing like well (laughs) on the surface we're going to try and parody recent scary movies but i'm probably going to extend that to include I guess kind of roughly popular movies and stuff that's happening on MTV and stuff that's been in the news a little bit and some celebrity gossip in there as well and maybe a little nod to the political situation and (laughs) you know it, it feels like this is tight for something that has a lot I mean I could probably go through this and I'd say maybe get rid of this joke maybe get rid of that joke I don't know. But like even still, you come at the end of this movie, it feels like a very like, you know, it's it's streamlined, it's efficient. Yeah, pretty polished, I think, this. Yeah, but it shows you though, when your formula, the basis of your formula is it is chaotic and it works here. Yeah. 
but it's not a surefire thing. This approach doesn't work later on because watching Austin Powers again, which I think is a lot of similarities with this just because of the very scattergun approach to the types of comedy. Mm. But they have, if you look at it, seemingly quite a complex plot, which they lose track of several times. And they're at pains to try and stay on the rails and actually deliver you a three-act movie. You get it once or twice here when, like, particularly the second flashback, it's like, all right, where's, where are we going here now? But even mm. in spite of all of that, it kind of gets away with it. And not just because it's the first. I'm not thinking about other movies when you're watching this. And when you're watching Scary Movie, the last thing that'll probably crop into your mind is Airplane, even though it's very similar yeah. in some respects. I'm just guessing trying to say is I can see why it's gotten the legendary status it has yes it's, it's not because it is unequivocally the best ideas that have ever been committed to paper it's a little bit of magic and a little bit of lightning that's been caught in a bottle and a little bit of luck here as well i think exactly all the moving parts came together perfectly in it this one with this formula just works but that's not to say that this would work again or has worked since uh, and that that's why it's so surprising when you watch this it, given it's got that esteem and that cult around it and that classic status to hear some jokes that are just like hey he's a basketball player player who's famous at the time or like <laughs> some little political reference yeah. that you don't get or like some celebrity thing that you don't understand I'm like because it, it's still just like a kind of kind of tossed off comedy film but it just happened to be such a good one and work so well oh in terms of plot by the way plane lands and the autopilot flies the plane off <laughs> In a in a moment where Joe the intern had come in and looked at it and went, planes are really silly, aren't they? I was like, yeah, they are silly. They are, yeah, yeah. They? <laughs> and there's like there's characters in this that you know we've kind of skipped over, but it's just again I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it is hard to like explain that it, it's just there's just funny gags, most of them are funny. The plot is thin, but it works to service these jokes. I recalled one other thing when you were asking me for what kind of sense of humor this reminds me of. Or what things I've got this kind of vibe from. Harry Hill's TV burp. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. yeah. That kind of silly, sketchy stuff sometimes. The, the quickness of it the was called to mind. The meaninglessness of it all. Yes, you know? yes, 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 yes. I think it has aged much better than I thought it would have. You know, I, really, I, did, I yes. was expecting a lot more groaning, creaky, lumbering 1980s era of like, hey, it can be rude and nude in a, in a comedy movie now and you make all sorts of money from it. I was expecting the worst at some points, but yeah. I was like really pleasantly surprised at how much I laughed and how well it had aged. But again, I would just say if you're someone who's got like a kid at home and you're like, oh, I can't wait till they're like 12 or 13, I'm going to show them airplane. You're probably going to be disappointed. Like this thing is going to dissolve mm. on contact with the next generation as far as I'm concerned. Maybe, but then, uh, you know, we are... Some, some bits are, you know... Don't you dare say we're the next generation. No, we're, we're not. We're a few generations ahead, yeah. you know. That's and true. I, I, I love this. I thought this was great. Look, not everyone's copy of Pokemon Sapphire is going to be fucked up. No, just but you, a lot but of you them. you at home, yours is... <laughs> Go check now. Yep, all gone. I had a great time with this. And yeah, you're right. It's aged much better than it seems to have any right to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it so easily could have slipped into some other zone. Like, and I imagine a lot of films, comedy films around the time, you can't really watch them now in the same way. But this mostly, and I say mostly, comes across pretty well. You know, it's, it still holds up today. I guess kind of what's old is new. Like, the format of those jokes and the, the delivery of them, you know, it yeah. may have seen cutting edge back there but like you know as someone who's watched some very old rickety comedies recently for whatever fucking reason i was surprised at how much 
kind of, of like the black and white stuff that it reminded me of you know there was mm. a little bit of that there you know and I guess kind of all comedy if you think back far enough has got kind of its roots somewhere but yeah I think it's an impressive feat for this movie, which A, has a big reputation, which almost always works against any movie, comedy or otherwise, on this podcast. It feels like yep. there's some sort of a weight of expectation. And secondly, as well, I think the fact that it is a movie, a comedy movie, you had to watch on your own while taking notes for it, and it still made you laugh. That's still made a, me laugh. Those are the golden laughs, Sam. Yeah, and it breezed by. It's a short movie, but it went by quick. Would you want to watch it again? Like, yes. If so, under what circumstances? Would you want to watch it again just Sam time? Or would you like, oh, I want to watch this with a few people or something like ideally? So yes, with a few people, but I'm sat there thinking I'm going to try and notice the other little gags that I miss. Because sometimes there's like sound gags and sight gags and other little dialogue gags all happening at once. I think there's bits where you could literally, well, not literally, but like blink and, and miss it. There are oh, bits yeah, yeah. that well, you, you just won't pick up on. There were, I mean, there were points in this where you were referencing jokes and I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that because I just I, I was too busy focusing on, on the previous. Yeah. This one or the one after it's probably why it had such a life on you know on home video and dvd mm. and such is that yeah. you know i think it definitely would reward re-watching there is a sequel as well which mm. i cannot actually remember if it's good or not i think it is still brilliant if, if okay. memory serves ah. but it, i've i've literally not seen that since i was a kid but right. i want to know all joking aside yeah <laughs> what is your <laughs> star wipe rating exclamation mark for airplane, question mark. I'm going with my gut. Going with your gut? Because I've not had the fish, my gut feels good. Four star wipes. Four star wipes. You heard it here first, and don't call me star wipes. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go if you want to follow us on the socials we're at cinema swirl on twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on facebook which is where our votes for episodes take place if you've got questions queries comments or anything else for the mailbag then send it on over to cinema at gmail.com that's cinema at gmail.com please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it or even if you don't think they'll like it just recommend it anyway oh and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips you know the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently then send us a tweet and let us know all right we'll see you next time cheers bye